this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. Who are you? For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass whoopers, sorry sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinkers among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. JJ Sexy. Use my body to keep you alive. Guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. And welcome to the show that was almost stopped tonight due to a bad service provider, my internet acting up. But as it were, I pulled out the old spear on the internet service provider. And bingo, bango, boom. I'm right here broadcasting live and in living color on the SNS Radio Network. Sorry for all the delay, guys, but uh, I'm back. I'm better than ever. A lot to talk about on tonight's episode of Unplugged. We're going to review, obviously, tonight's SmackDown, the last time we saw Edge, possibly for a while, in the WWE. Obviously, he had to retire due to some nagging injuries. It sucks. I'm still not happy with that. It leaves a huge void on the SmackDown roster. But now is the time that young upstarts who want to make a name for themselves in the business you have an opportunity. When a main eventer goes away, well, it's time to step up your game and see what happens. But again, I want to welcome everybody to Unplugged. Again, a lot to get to tonight. SmackDown, we're going to bring Crelly on here in a little bit to talk about the latest news of the week. I do want to apologize. Originally scheduled for tonight, we did have an interview with Christy Hemme. Unfortunately, due to some technical problems, uh, that interview will not air tonight. Hopefully, I can get everything redone with Christy for next week. Uh, I'm not going to go into a long diatribe of what happened there, but it's something that we're going to get remedied, and hopefully we can bring her back on in the coming weeks. So with that said, let's go ahead and break down what happened on SmackDown tonight, the final time we see Edge for a while in the WWE Universe. 
All right, guys, we start things off on SmackDown with uh, Alberto Del Rio standing in the ring, basically talking about how Edge had to forfeit the championship, how his injuries are, are going to be keeping him out of action, how he's one of the greatest superstars, and kudos to him for his career, but basically demands that Edge comes down to the ring, and since he is the number one contender, demands that Edge relinquish the title to one Alberto Del Rio. Of course, we get Teddy Long's music hitting. Teddy Long comes out and says, Playa, that's not going to happen. We're not just going to give you the belt. We do things differently here on SmackDown. Of course, Alberto Del Rio, not happy with this decision, expects that he should be handed the belt on a silver platter. Teddy Long announces that tonight there will be a 20-man battle royal. And whoever wins the battle royal will face Alberto Del Rio at Extreme Rules in a ladder match to determine the vacated World Heavyweight Championship. Didn't I predict this on Monday? I think I did. Um, so again, Alberto Del Rio not happy with this decision, but hey, he's got to live with it. So we're going to have a 20-man battle royal later on in the night to find out exactly who becomes the number one contender or one of the number one contenders to face off at Extreme Rules. Our first match of the night pits Ezekiel Jackson of the Corre taking on Kofi Kingston. Uh, not much to talk about here. Pretty dominant victory by Ezekiel Jackson. We see a pre-taped segment with, uh, with Lakel at Couples Therapy, which blows up pretty quickly. They get into an argument at couples therapy. The couples therapist doesn't really uh, isn't really allowed to say much in this segment, as uh, basically Michelle McCool trashes Layla, says that she loses every opportunity she gets, and she's tired, quite frankly, of carrying Layla on her back. So this ends the pre-taped segment, obviously, for Laycool. Next up, we have uh, Cody Rhodes doing a promo in the ring talking about how he's going to disfigure Rey Mysterio the way that he disfigured him. Does anybody else get that, that Cody's kind of going for this, uh, this beastly gimmick? You know, was that movie Beastly? Where this guy's real vain, and because he's such an asshole, he gets disfigured? I mean, I'm kind of digging that vibe. I love this Cody Rhodes character, though. I love the fact that he's not just being dashing Cody Rhodes anymore. Now that he feels like his face has been destroyed, that he's hideous, he's a beast, I'm loving it. I think it's working great. Of course, Rey Mysterio comes in uh, and basically attacks Cody Rhodes, gives him a 619, and that segment ends pretty abruptly. We uh, have our next match of the night. Rey Mysterio already in the ring. We hear the music. Here comes Drew McIntyre. What does it mean? Well, it means it's time to put Rey Mysterio over once again for a guy like Drew McIntyre, who is one of my picks to really step up his game if he's not cut, mind you. He's one of my picks on the SmackDown roster to kind of uh, step up and maybe be a big star on the SmackDown brand now that a guy like Edge is gone. So a uh, pretty good match back and forth. At one point, you know, uh, at what points in this match, I thought that Drew looked really good taking it to uh, to Rey Mysterio. But in the end, well, we all know what happens. Rey Mysterio pulls up the victory via the 619. Uh, next up, we have the Edge uh, segment of the show where he comes out and gives up the World Heavyweight Championship. Very emotional, discussing his retirement. Um, obviously, they, they cut it out here tonight on the version that I saw, but I did catch 
uh, glimpses of it over the week where he came out the first time and enjoyed his entrance so much that he went and did it again. I thought what he said was very heartfelt. You know, his mom was in attendance, and he shifted uh, the camera to his mom to talk about what a great mother she was and, you know, how she stood by him all this time. Uh, you know, kind of brought a tear to my eye. It, it's sad to see a guy this young in Edge who really has worked his ass off and become a major star in this company. I mean, we're talking about a guy, you look at his championship runs, and I don't have them in front of me, but we're talking about, you know, 30-plus titles in about 15 years. It's pretty fucking impressive. I mean, he's got a better record than Triple H. So it really is sad. It is the end of an era for him, and it's the end of an era for the universe. You know, we've always, uh, you know, whether you liked Edge or you didn't, you have to give the man respect because he always brought his A game. And, yeah, he had some bad matches along the way. But for the most part, he had a very positive career. And I, for one, am going to miss seeing him perform in the squared circle each and every week. So he definitely will be missed, I think. But at the same time, with him leaving the company the way he's leaving, it is going to open up that void and allow somebody else to step in that spot. Is it going to be Christian? Well, that's a good guess. I'm not sure, but it looks like that's the way they're leaning. Uh, we have a Divas match. Kelly Kelly taking on Layla. Of course, you know, Michelle McCool comes out with her. There's dissension between the two. And, of course, Kelly Kelly gets the win over Layla. Is it just me, or do you think Layla's done? I'll let you ponder that one for a second. Uh, next up, we have the 20-man Battle Royal. And let me say, Alberto Del Rio sitting at ringside watching this match happen was priceless. I love the fact that not only can he get things done in the ring, he's one of those guys that exemplifies body language. His facial reactions alone when people were getting eliminated in the Battle Royal was perfect. I mean, this guy is so on the mark. He's going to be huge. Whether he wins the title at Extreme Rules or whether he wins it later down the road, I think that SmackDown's got a big star in Alberto Del Rio for the future. And I am digging the stuff this guy's doing. Uh, it comes down basically in the end. I believe it's Jack Swagger and Christian. Christian gets the win. Michael Cole even sacrifices himself at one point as Rey Mysterio goes to eliminate Jack Swagger. He jumps in the way of a 619, and Michael Cole is taken out of the equation for the rest of the night. Does anybody think that Michael Cole, after Extreme Rules, might transition to being a, a manager? I'm thinking that might happen. I think so. So Christian wins the 20-man Battle Royal. We have Edge come out at the end. Both Edge and Christian hugging in the ring. Alberto Del Rio pointing to the World Heavyweight Championship as if it will be his at Extreme Rules and a very emotional moment for both Edge and Christian as the show fades to black. All in all, I thought it was a good show. I'm liking the build up here. I'm glad that they didn't decide to go ahead and just put a quickie champion, uh, to put the belt on somebody, make them a quickie champion going into Extreme Rules. Uh, I think it, it works better to have Alberto and somebody else fight for it at Extreme Rules. You know, it's only three weeks that there's no champion on SmackDown. And I think it really builds to the fact that you know, the title is up for grabs, and there will be a new champion in three weeks' time. So kudos to them for that. 
All in all, I thought tonight was a good show. If I had to give it a letter grade, I'm going to give it a B. I didn't think it was stellar. I didn't think it was fantastic. I didn't think it was bad. So I'm going to go in the middle. We're going to go with a B. Good show all around, so uh, kudos to the WWE. With that being said, uh, let's go ahead and go over to the phone lines, powered, of course, by headlocks2headlines.com. And I believe joining me on the phone line right now, he is the official news source of the program, Chris Kelly. Kelly, what's going on? Well, you mentioned Edge being the most time winner of titles within WWE. He's a 31-time winner of a title. Yep. So that, that is more than any other person within that company. And we're talking, and, we're talking like, I mean, multiple tag team runs with different partners, from Rey Mysterio to Christian to Hulk Hogan. Uh, not many people can say that you were a tag team champion with a guy like Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he, he was 12-time tag team. Seven with Christian, two with Benoit, Hulk Hogan, Orton, Jericho. Seven-time world champion, four-time WWE champion, five-time Intercontinental champion. And to think, this guy, he got his big break in 2004 after his neck surgery. To see, to, to, to see him do this post-2004 is insane, and he will be a big miss to the, to the SmackDown band. And, but it's strange because he, he is actually still on, on tour with, uh, with the SmackDown band. He's still being advertised for the tapings next week, so he'll probably appear after the show. Well, you know, I think he, he did a lot of the world championships post-2004, but a lot of the, the tag runs you know, came, you know, 98, 99... Uh, you know, he was an Intercontinental Champion. He, he beat Jeff Jarrett at a house show. He was the last guy to officially wrestle Owen Hart before his demise at uh, at the Over the Edge pay-per-view. Mm. At a house show. So, I mean, he's he's done just about everything there is to do in this business. You know, it was bizarre, and like I've heard different accounts of this, but where, uh, on your stream, did you get a chance to see what happened after the Battle Royal uh, between Edge and Christian? Uh, I'll be real honest, Crelly. I was bouncing back and forth all night. As you know, I've been having uh, yep. some internet issues, so I literally was uh, scrambling. I, I missed most of SmackDown, so sucks. I didn't get a chance to watch the videos. Because um, it's bizarre. Because I watched it first. Um, I watched it yesterday first on a Australian website, and after the match between, uh, oh sorry, after the Twenty Man Battle Royal, uh, Christian and Edge then did their five second pose. And then the whole water came out, and then out came Triple H and hugged him, and then he did another 15-minute promo. Now, that was not aired here in England, and it wasn't aired on what I was watching this, uh, this afternoon. But then I spoke to Trey, and Trey did the air shown, shown on, his, on his TV. So it's quite interesting to see how WWE have edited and cut it down, because it was definitely shown in, in Australia. Wow. So um, that's a bit bizarre. Speaking of WWE, um, now, last week we brought up bound words. And, like, the word wrestling is now banned within WWE uh, vocabulary. Well, they sent out a um, list to their international counterparts about what words are banned. Okay. The word sport is now incorrect. Rest the WWE now must, now must be referred to as entertainment or an action soap opera. Wow. Yes. Action soap opera. Yes. And uh, the word wrestler is banned. Uh, they now have to be now that they now have to be referred to as athlete or sportsman. The um, the, the term fight is banned. It's funny because if you if you watch around carefully, you heard because you go, "This is a great fight, a great fight, great fight." Um, well, uh, 
and apparently they, they must keep using the following terms over and over again. They must use the term WWE is pure entertainment. WWE is an action soap, uh, sorry, uh, action so, uh, soap opera, and WWE superstars are entertainers with tremendous athletic um, prowess. Now, Evan Bourne went on Twitter and mocked it, saying, "I am, I am an entertainer with athletic, uh, with athletic uh, prowess in a sapphiric, um action soap opera." MVP then re- MVP then retweeted him. Um, Bullshit! You you are a gifted wrestler, but you work for a confused wrestling company. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, I would agree with that. I, you know what? Look, I'm I'm understanding why Vince McMahon wants to do this at the end of the day, but I'm not cool with it, man. At the end of the day, your your product is wrestling, whether you want to embrace that or not. That's just you know, it's just the way it is. And and until you. And, and and until they actually get get rid of the ring and get rid of the wrestlers and literally have them, as you say, literally just there talking for two hours, it'll still be wrestling. So, and they and they have wrestling fans, and the fans will like um like there's a I can't remember it's it's one of the guys that used to be on WWE Creative. He now runs a website saying that I want wrestling, and that's getting bigger and bigger because wrestling fans want wrestling. We don't want action soap opera, do we? No, we but hey, on, on a plus side, and Brassside brings this up in the chat room, uh, ABC is actually canceling two of their soap operas. As I recall, I believe it's All My Children and One Life to Live are both being canceled by ABC. So, hey, maybe Vince can, uh, can try and have a WWE-themed soap opera on that channel. Did they please don't give him an idea. I mean, we already have enough wrestling as it is. I mean, I don't watch Tough Enough. I don't watch superstars. Well, no one can because it's now on WWE.com. If they go any more into a action soap opera, they might as well start calling it EastEnders because, to a point, it'd be fucking retarded. Well, I mean, I mean, let, let's think about it for a second. What, what would you actually call wrestling-related soap operas? You know, as the uh, you know as the ref counts, as the fall Top turns. Theater. I mean, you know, I mean. There's just so many that, that could apply. Well, they used to have one on WWE.com. It, 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 it was a weekly uh, program, and it was uh, um, over the top of theater. And it went for about 12 weeks, and it, and it was based around Kelly Kelly and Mickey James and Crime Time. And it was fucking confusing to follow. So if WWE go down this action so proper for too long, I think you'll see a, see a lot of um, wrestling fans look for different products, be it TNA or Ring of Honor. Uh, Trentavious says, all my pinfalls. I like that. Jesus Christ. Now, um, what else do you have? Goldust, who is currently out injured, um, he, he's apparently now going to be working as an agent. Um, now, wait, wait, I know wait, he's wait, been wait, out for years. Wait, wait, wait. Sean's got the winner as the bell rings. That was actually... On WWE.com. Oh, okay. That was that was part as of because it was over the top rope theater as the bell rings. The young and the wrestlers. I like it. Trintavious once again stepping up. The young and the wrestlers. Yes, yeah, so yes. Goldust. He um he's now going to try out to be an agent. Now I know he's been around for years, but if he puts his his brain towards his tweets and puts those towards creative. We could have some Vince Richard booking here. 
So that that dude tweets some random stuff. Have you seen Goro's tweets? Uh, yeah, it's been a while, but uh, he he's definitely out there. He's he's bizarre, but apparently, according to his Twitter, um, he will be retiring within the next eighteen months. So it looks like him um, going towards this agent role could be fun for him, but just don't let me anywhere near creative because you would have the most contrived storylines and it'd be about blue ponies if you follow his uh, Twitter page. Now, what else do we have? Apparently, and this is something that you hear on WNL, um, the push that R2 right now is getting is basically that spot was meant to go to, um, was meant to, go to John Morrison. But because of the whole John Morrison, Melina Heat, it's gone to R2. Now, you guys said on WNL that you don't see R2 winning it because the Miz would count, cancel him out. I think R2 could win it because Cena and the Miz would cancel each other out. And R2 can be a world champion. Wouldn't he? he was the NWA world champion. And what better to spike viewership than a, t- than a total change that, that no one's coming? Well, I see where you're going with that. I really do. But they already started this thing between John Cena and R-Truth with the little shoving match on Monday. Right. Which, again, I, I think that, you know, if you looked at the odds, you'd say, well, John Cena and R-Truth would both take it to Miz. And it would be between the two of them. Like, see, what I see, what I envision in this match is the two of them will just kind of run roughshod over the Miz. They'll beat the crap out of the Miz. One guy will go for the pinfall, and the other will, will break it up. One guy will go for the pinfall, the other will break it up. This will lead to a confrontation between, uh, obviously, John Cena and R-Truth. And the Miz will capitalize on the situation, possibly after John Cena hits the, uh, the attitude adjustment on R-Truth, manages to hit the... Uh, skull-crushing finale from behind, and skates away with a win. That's just my booking prowess. I think Miz is going to be champion probably going into SummerSlam. He'll find a way to get through this match. I think so. Yeah, I mean, Miz right now is a great champion. And people don't know this, but if you remember back to when um, R-Truth was in TNA, he spent about six months calling out John Cena. And there was at one point where they were, where they were in the same airport together. And they had to be separated by airport security. That, that this was around the time when Cena was out with his um, torn pectoral. Well, so, listen, listen. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like an asshole here, but I don't see any marketability for r Truth as the world champion. I don't. I, you know what? I think he's a good mid card guy to have around. I think he's good for certain scenarios. I don't see him as a world champion in this company. I don't. That's not his role. That's not what he's going to be utilized for. Right, but he he's over with like over with the with the kids with the whole what's up thing. Like hell, that's why they got rid of his um, get crunk because what's up was so over with, with the fans and the fan base. And you and you saw with Jeff Hardy, if if the fan base fan base cheer, Vince Man will push you. Right. So I wouldn't say it's too far out. I mean, I'm not saying it will happen, but it could happen. Well, I, I, you're, I think you're more optimistic than I am. I don't see it. Now, did you see the video of Val Venus shooting on Melina and John Morrison? <laughs> um, Hello, ladies. It appears that Val Venus right now, he wants to shoot on everything and anything that's possible, and he went on like a five-minute rant towards Melina calling her a slut, saying that John Morrison... Is a spot monkey that doesn't deserve, that doesn't deserve anything in WWE, and 
saying that he has much respect for Trish Stratus. I mean, I don't like rowiness. I, I think he's boring. But he has a point. Because you don't disrespect a legend like Trish Stratus. And if you do, you will lose your spot. And that's what happened to John Morrison. <laughs> Val Venus has found Twitter. He's found YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and that guy, like, he, I, he just, like I say, he sounds off on the most random things. Like when he had that massive beef with Matt Hardy, with the Hardy Boys, with with Omega. I mean, he just seems like a pissed off. And I, I, I'm pretty sure at one point, wasn't he meant to come back to the WWE as an agent? I guess that fell through. I, I thought he was back as an agent there for a while, but uh, I don't know what happened. I mean. Granted, you know, he went to TNA for, for a small run. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff he said, he, he was pretty brutal to both Molina and John Morrison. But, you know, as much as I like Morrison, some of the stuff he said, I mean, sounds about true. I mean, there's obviously I don't know the situation between John Morrison and Molina, what their relationship is. But I got to be real honest. It almost sounds to me like a Chris Candido, sunny, uh, sunny relationship back in the WWE, back in the, uh, the mid 90s. You know, where they were together, but Sonny was still making the rounds in the locker room. You know, obviously, I'd heard she'd been with guys like Shawn Michaels and, you know, some of the other guys there. So it sounds like that relationship might be open there. And, I, you know, again, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Personally, if I'm in a relationship with somebody, I don't want anybody else fucking them. Uh, much less do I want to go fuck them after they've fucked somebody else. So, again... I'm not there. I really don't want to comment on it because I don't know the situation. But, you know, I think he, he might actually have somewhat of a point there. And then if you look at what Batista said in his, autobiogra his autobiography back in like 2008, 2007, he said that he was sleeping with Melina at that point. And that was a time that Melina was actually still with John Morrison. And it must come to a point where you go, my career or my girlfriend? What pays more? What what will actually have a future? I mean, sure, you can have a future in your girlfriend, but I'm pretty sure you'll probably get paid for wrestling. Well, okay, here's the thing. I think I think Valvina said it best when he said, you're trying to make a hoe a housewife. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that truer words were never spoken. Uh, again, you, you don't, you know, I personally wouldn't want to be with someone who's been with everybody in the, in the locker room. Uh, Mike Knox? Really? I mean, really? Mike Knox, of all people, you, you slept with Mike Knox? That's, maybe she likes the mad professor. Oh, my God. How did he it before he left? I don't know, man. That one caught me out of left field. Again, I think Morrison is a talented dude, but at the rate he's going with the shit he's doing, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets released soon or, uh, you know, he grows a set and fucking steps up to the plate because right now it ain't working for him too well. Well, you, you talk about releases, and I spoke to someone, and, and, uh, and Melina is only booked up until Monday. That's what I was told. Now, I'm not saying that means that she's getting released, but from what I understand, she's only booked to be on the tour until Monday, and the tour actually lasts two weeks. Well, that's not a good sign for Melina. She's probably getting released. Um, and, and all this just because of her boyfriend. I mean, come on. I, I get the idea that, they, that they're going out, but I would rather have a job than have a girlfriend that screws around. That's just me. Uh... Now, there's been a bit of internet, uh, internet speculation that Gail Kim will be retiring. Um, and she tweeted, Can people stop talking about me, me leaving or, or my personal life? Really annoying, guys. I'm not going anywhere. 
um, I'm saying it. It, it. it makes me want to avoid Twitter altogether. Let's talk about something more positive. And then she talks about um, Hong Kong saying, my, it, it looks like my old friends here. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I would love to see Awesome Kong and Gail Kim within the WWE. You know what? That would be kind of cool. Um, I think that those two would have a, a decent feud in the E. And I got to be honest, I'm loving the fact that Awesome Kong had her, her first vignette and she literally flicked the head off the damn doll, the Barbie doll. I think that is fantastic. What better way to make a statement than, uh, you know, knock the head off a Barbie doll? And when she de- when she does debut, I would expect it to be a run-in. I don't think she should, you know, just show up and have her first match. I think she should come in and just destroy whoever's the Divas champion, which at this point looks like one of the Bella Twins. And, hey, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with watching her, like, literally devour the Bella Twins in the middle of the ring. I would love to see her, like, take out one of the bigger names, like, take out, like, one half of Lakel and then go after the championship. Because... And like you brought this up, Lakel, cool, I, I, I think I've done it after this week because next week they're in England, which is of course, uh, which is of course, uh, Lady's hometown. And what's the better place to turn her, to, to turn her face than in, 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 in her home country? That's so, true. That's true. And what they'll probably have is McCool just beat the crap out of her. Yep. I mean, and I think Lady could actually be a good baby face. I mean, she she's getting better and better. And I found it quite funny when uh, McCool said that she's been carrying Layla since day one. Now, I'm pretty sure a few weeks ago I said that Layla had wrestled 71 matches compared to McCool's 17 matches last year. So who's carrying who? Well, you know, Harmony and I had this discussion the other day. Uh, When you look at both Layla and Michelle McCool, I really feel like Michelle McCool initially had had promise as a as a wrestler and i kind of feel like since she was injured and she came back she's been a lot sloppier than normal uh i i really don't feel like she's putting out full effort on the other hand layla being a diva search winner and going through the process of what she's done i think when you put layla and michelle mccool together she makes michelle mccool look like shit she is so much more advanced in ring not only in her promos, uh, her body language, the way she moves in the ring, the way she actually wrestles, or I'm sorry, entertains because they're not wrestling anymore. I think she is completely overshadowed Lake or, or, or uh, excuse me, Michelle McCool in every faucet. Well, yeah, like if you look, like let's say she came from Diva Search, she went went to part of Extreme Expose with um, herself, Clay Kelly, and wasn't it Brooke Adams? If if you look how she's involved, and like this is something that that, that we spoke to with, with Maria and Chrissy, being part of Diva Search means you have to evolve on the road. And I think that uh, Leda has definitely evolved, and she could be a top favorite of that company given time. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I think that she's going to do just fine. I think the feud with uh, with her and McCool is going to work out great, and it wouldn't surprise me somewhere down the road to see her and uh, Awesome Kong, you know, have a feud. That would be awesome. I don't know, well, pardon the pun, I don't know, you know, what the plan is for Kong. I don't know if they're looking to maybe put her with Michelle McCool as a bodyguard type thing or, or what the plan is, but, uh, you know, Layla as a babyface, I think, is going to work out great, and a feud with Michelle McCool is going to do wonders, I think. Hopefully it'll it'll boost that division. I honestly think they should just have, uh, have um, Awesome Kong 
just run over everyone. Face or heal, she eats them. She literally flicks her head off. I mean, you don't want to... I, I don't really think you, you can have um, Kong be face or heal. Just have her be there. Just have her, have her kick out and take names. Right. Because that's what fans want. I mean, that's what made Autumn Kong a name within TNA. She had no friends or allies. She killed you. It didn't matter if you face or heal. She would eat you alive. And I would love to see that happen within WWE. No, I agree. Now, what else do we have? Um, now, did you get a chance to see Zack Ryder's new video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a chance to check that out. That guy, I swear to God, if they release him, he, he will be a big star on the indies. Because and like his shirt is sold out on WWE.com. It's sold out at live events. Oh, he's not going anywhere then. Like... I I try to I try to order his shirt of the of sold out. I'm hoping that when I go to um the the well, I find out next on Monday and Tuesday they have the shirt because that guy is over like river. Here's a little fact: okay, his show gets five times more hits than Superstars does on YouTube. Wow. Yes, he, he's that over with the internet, <laughs> and uh, like people are now trying to copy him. Like Kurt Hawkins now doing one. But Ryder, this is it's just so hilarious. Like this week, him trying to get over. That was hilarious. <laughs> hey Zach, what, what are we doing? I try, I try to get over. I try to get over. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. But I hope to God they don't read him because he is such a great talent. And to see where he came from, being an edgehead. No, really. So before that, he was a major brother. Then an edgehead. Now this, this guy had potential. I just think that he needs just the right push. Or not for WWE to miss a boat. <laughs> you know no, what? Else, yeah. I, I, I honestly think he's not going anywhere. I, I think they're going to keep him around. If his shirt's selling well, chances are they might see some potential in this kid. I, I really think that if you push Zack Ryder, which, you know, apparently according to Zack Ryder, nobody pushes Zack Ryder. But <laughs> if, if, uh, if you give him the push, uh, you know, especially on SmackDown, I, I think he would do fantastic. You know, with, with a guy like Edge being out of the picture, you know, put him in for the Intercontinental Championship. You know, I, I think that he could do wonders with that. A feud with Wade Barrett might be cool for him. I mean, who knows? But I think I think Ryder is very, very talented, and I think he's going to do fine. Well, not not trying to hit him with a curse, but he's kind of like Matt Hardy. He's using the internet to get fans to notice him. Like he's taking like slide shots at WWE, right? And like. And like his shirt is sounding like crazy. I mean, if you look at most boards nowadays, there's there's always at least one or two signs of Zack Ryder saying "Brisky of the Week." That guy is over like batch, and if he's released, you know that I'm going to stay up there and not to book the fucker. <laughs> well, you're still trying to get his attention on Twitter. You know, Crelly yeah. Crelly kills me. I, every time I go on Twitter, every couple of days, he's like, yes. "Hey, Zack Ryder, you became WWE champion yes. on my yeah, SmackDown yeah, yeah, versus yeah, Raw." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be, dude. It has to be on the video, okay? Whenever would he win the WWE title in real life? No one pushed him. He can't get over. Well, it, it's, it's good to know that in 2011, you're helping Zack Ryder become champion on, on SmackDown versus Raw. The thing is, I actually did a match before that, and it's quite random because Stone Cold has been out, and Stone Cold just stunned, uh, stunned him. I was like, well, that would be an interesting video to put on YouTube, but <laughs> it's just the most random thing I've ever seen. Now, um, what else do we have? Now, did you see the new survey that WWE sent out? They uh, posted a survey on their website asking for 
new names for pay-per-views. Uh, they are WWE Champions, WWE Uprising, WWE Revolution, or WWE Vengeance. I like the last one. I want to see Vengeance back. Well, you know, they've had Vengeance, and, you know, that that's... What, okay, what are the choices other than Vengeance? You said WWE what? Champions, WWE Uprise, WWE Revolution. Okay, like, here's the thing, right? You don't need a pay-per-view called Champions, because, well, hey, guess what? You got Night of Champions. Yes. You know, I, I just... Uh, this company kills me. Here's a concept. Bring back the fucking King of the Ring. Yeah, that, that, that'd be great. What was I mean, wrong with that? Was it really that bad a pay-per-view? No. Did, I, you know, it was, it was one of the, you know, it wasn't one of the original four, but I always considered it the original five. You know, started yeah. 93 as, as a pay-per-view. Like, I, I never understood why they, why they got rid of it. I, I just, that, that's always bothered me. You know, uh, in the chat, we got Wookie Bunny saying, bring back the War Games pay-per-view. I'd like to see Halloween Havoc be a themed pay-per-view in October. Halloween Havoc actually happens down in FCW. They have Halloween Havoc down in, in oh, FCW. Oh, fuck that. Bring it back to the main roster. Put it on, the, on WWE pay-per-view. I mean, shit, you own the rights to it. Why not use it? If you could bring back the Great American Bash, of all the pay-per-views to bring back, the Great American Bash, and then you bastardize it, why not just have a Halloween-themed pay-per-view? And call it Halloween Havoc. Well, the the reason why they why they got rid of uh, the whole Great American is because they wanted to they wanted the name to include everyone, and by having it only be the Great American Bash, they thought that only the American fans would buy it. That's why they changed the name. Right. But uh, out of list, I I would love to see Vengeance. I mean, Vengeance was was always a fun pay per view, and it brings back the feeling of, of the old old days. But yeah, I think King of the Ring would be a fantastic pay-per-view back because that one night twenty is a great idea. Well, since we're talking vengeance, give me give me one historical fact about vengeance. Give me one, just one. That's all I'm asking. Cain fought Cain at vengeance. <laughs> was it was that at vengeance? Yes. I was I was actually going to go back further than that. I was going to go back oh. to like you know 2001. I was going to say at vengeance, if I'm not mistaken. Chris Jericho beat Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock to become the first undisputed champion at Vengeance in 2001. This is true. I mean, that would be a great thing to bring back. Speaking of Jericho... Um, That's what we call a in segue the, in this business. I knew you were going It there. is. Yeah. Speaking of Jericho, uh, he's posted a new video on Twitter asking the WWE fans to vote for him because... He says, as soon as soon as he wins the competition, uh, as soon as he wins Dungeon of the Stars, he will be, he will come back to the WWE. So, really? And I'm not sure, but yes, he said that he'll be back to, as soon as he wins Dungeon of the Stars. Well, you know, I I think that they could use him at this point. You know, with a guy like Edge leaving the brand because of uh, you know, obviously some physical impairments, you know, risking the you know paralysis or even you know. Even death, maybe. Uh, you know, it, it would be good to have a guy like Jericho come back because you need another veteran to kind of help uh, groom these young guys in. But uh, you know what? I hope that happens. I would love to see Chris Jericho back in the WWE ring very, very soon. But I hope he does well on Dancing with the Stars. I really do. Yeah, and with and because you know how big the WWE universe is, he should win that thing hands down because I got a chance to see one of his dancers the other day. He's not a bad dancer. Like I say, with the fans of WWE voting for him, 
that should be an easy win right there. Uh, let's go to the phone line. I believe joining us right now we have the uh, sensational sequel, the host of the second hour. He's a little early, but I think he's got something on his mind. What's up, Sean? Well, I just wanted to throw it out. I mean, um, I wanted to throw out there the Vengeance. Y'all were talking about that a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I actually got the chance to go to Vengeance a few years ago when DX reunited to go against the Spirit Squad. And uh, also at that night, I believe Sabu faced against John Cena in an Extreme Rules match. I mean, it was a great pay-per-view because I actually got to go there and see it live. But the one thing that did stick out was the uh, DX uh, reunion and then Kane versus Kane. I mean, when do you get to see Kane versus Kane? Man, Even though it was, a, the, I mean, it was one of the worst matches ever created, but it was Kane versus Kane. It was, it was actually Kane versus Luke Gallows. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it was one of those things. That it, it reminded me as soon as you guys started talking about it, I was kind of like, you know, I miss Vengeance. I miss going and seeing it. I mean, getting to see DX at the most uh, live was the coolest thing ever because I grew up in the Attitude Era. I grew up before the Attitude Era seeing Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So, I mean, getting to see Triple H and Shawn Michaels live in person, trying to get Lillian Garcia the Flash was pretty much the most hilarious thing. You know, I've only been to one actual live pay-per-view ever, and that was the uh, No Mercy from Little Rock in 2002 that had the main event of uh, Brock and Taker in the cage in the Hell in the Cell. And I believe there was, uh, it was it, what was it? It was Rob Van Dam and I think Booker T taking on Jericho and Christian for the tag team titles. And I remember watching that spot where Jericho was going to do the moonsault and the fucking rope broke. <laughs> and he he like fell face first and then got back up and went off the turnbuckle to do the moonsault. Like, whoops, that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I've been to several Raws, been to several SmackDowns. Only one pay per view thus far. That happened to be my first actual pay per view. I mean, it hap- I haven't really been to any Raws or SmackDowns myself. I've only been to, I've been to a UWF uh, several times when they were here with uh, TNA as a lot of their guys. I mean, that was great. I got to meet a lot of the guys. I mean, that's where I actually got the chance to meet and talk to, um, I got to meet, uh, no, I forget his, his name escapes my mind, but uh, Steve Carino. I got the chance to talk to him and his sister, Allison Danger, who who happened to be two of the greatest guys ever. I got to talk to Dustin, Ru- Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Black Rain at the time. And, I mean, I got the chance to talk to him and joke around with him. And one of my pictures is actually him flipping me off as I'm taking the picture. And I was kind of like, that's going on Facebook. And he was just like, tag me when you do it. So oh, I mean, now, now speaking of him, actually, let me let me uh, let me correct this. Wookie Bunny's right in chat. It wasn't Booker T and RVD. It was Booker T and Goldust. My bad. But RVD was on the card. I just forgot what match he was in. But yeah, it was Booker and Goldust. It was RVD versus Ric Flair. That was RVD and Flair. Yeah, RVD and Flair. That's right. Because that was also when Kane yeah. and Triple H had the uh, World Title Intercontinental Title Unification match. Yeah, I remember that now. I was pissed because they basically got rid of the Intercontinental title there for a little while. That was pissing me off. And it yeah. was also the first tag, uh, the first WWE tag champion crown when Kangol and Benoit defeated Edge and Mysterio. Yes, yes, correct. But worth so, it. Okay. Now, I do have a, a few more news um, articles. Apparently, uh, Chris Daniels reached out to WWE when he. Uh, 
during his time away from TNA and when he was working for Ring of Honor. Apparently, WWE turned him down because he was he was too small and he was also 40 years old. Now, I'm not sure about you. Would Chris Daniels work within a WWE ring? Like his whole gimmick, would that really work? No. I don't think it would. I mean, look, I like Christopher Daniels. I've interviewed him several times. I've worked several independent shows with the guy. He is an all-around class act. I have nothing bad to say about Daniels. Good guy. And I think he's fantastic in the ring. I think he cuts good promos. But he doesn't have what the WWE's looking for. I know a lot of people are like, well, but they have Rey Mysterio. Yeah, they do have Rey Mysterio. But it's different. I mean, first of all, Daniels is a guy that's in his 40s. And they've got some rule now that they're instituting where they're not taking guys over a certain age. Uh, I think if you're over 35 or something, there's no way in hell you're working for the company as a yeah. as a worker. Uh, it's just it's just not going to happen. So I mean, from one standpoint, you know, what could he offer? I think he could have been you know probably a, a good mid card guy on either brand, but his age is probably what held it against him, which sucks because I like Daniels and I think he might have been a good fit for that company, but just not going to happen. Now, speak, uh, and of course, since then, he's returned to TNA. Speaking of TNA, like, as part of their rebranding process, what, what they won't be renaming the company just yet. They're going to focus the name of the product more around the word Impact. So, they're kind of renaming it Impact, but not officially renaming the company Impact. You know, you know what? If they want to name it Impact Wrestling, that's fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. You want to call it Impact Wrestling, go for it. If you want to call it Total Impact Wrestling, go for it. I don't care. Get rid of TNA. That's the problem. But honestly, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm tearing them down, even though when I do, I usually have a good reason for doing so. It's not like I just tear this company down because they're TNA. I said this last week. And I'm sticking to my guns. It doesn't matter what this company does to try to rebrand themselves. If you have the same people running the company and you open up another one with those same people, how is the company different? It's not. Right, it's not. It's I'm a new name. It's still the same old image. You need a complete and utter change if you're going to do something. And I think the whole impact thing could be decent, but like you say, if it's the same guys in charge, the the, the same guys in creative, like, and I, I want to say this, we're, we're not bashing the talent, we have the, the utmost respect of talent, but when it comes to guys like Russo, Hogan, that's what we need to change, because it's still broken from the top upwards, and stuff that happens from the top upwards affects the company to the bottom. Right. So, uh, well, you know, I think Wookie Bunny in the chat says it great. You know, you polish a piece of shit, at the end of the day, it's still a piece of shit. Right, and I think, um, I think given time, and if it's coming to shut down for a few few weeks, just so the fans kind of to get TNA, it could be, um, I think it could be good, because right now wrestling, like wrestling, not entertainment, but wrestling needs a company, because WWE is no longer a wrestling company. So it's up to, w, it's up to Ring of Honor and TNA to step up and become the wrestling company because fans will become quite bored of entertainment sport, or sports entertainment that WWE are offering. Right. Now I've got two more news to bits. Uh, apparently Hulk Hogan wants to bring Randy Savage into TNA. Oh yeah! To... Little, 
Oh, the Macho Madness is coming back to TNE. Oh, yeah. Dig it. Hogan, I'm calling you out. Hogan. Hogan. Oh, yeah. Dig it. And Hulk, Hulk said on, on Twitter man, about Hogan. bringing in Randy Savage to TNA. Man, man, I wish I could, I wish, I wish I could get, get, him, get him off his butt, um, off the couch. He, he, he would add so much to creative. So it looks like they want Savage to become part of creative. You know what, though? Uh, you know what? I, if you bring Macho Man Randy Savage into TNA and you don't have him wrestling, you utilize his mind because the guy's fucking brilliant, that could be a huge plus for this company. Love me the Macho Man now. You know, last night I sat down and watched the DVD that I've seen so many times before, but The Self-Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, one of my favorite DVDs of all time. And right. when Hogan is talking about after he passed the torch to him and he knew that it wasn't going to work out, and then when they transitioned into the feud with Randy Savage and the Warrior, he knew that the Warrior was in good hands because Randy is so systematic. Uh, he plans everything down to the last detail. He knows what he wants to do. He's a very creative guy. Tell you what, you want to bring Savage in and maybe give him the book and have him help out? That is a step in the right direction. You know, I would even like to see a guy like Jake the Snake, who I think still has one of the best minds in the business, involved in a company on a creative standpoint. Now, it doesn't change if you don't upgrade creative. If it doesn't work, you need to fix it. And right now, TNA needs to get fixed. You know, with all these names like Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and Jake the Snake, it's starting to sound more and more like All-Stars. Maybe that could be their, their name, Impact All-Star. And they can have just have the extra exigent guys like going crazy like you do in All Stars. Just an idea. <laughs> now, my last bit of news, and this made it me laugh. Now, on Facebook, TNA released images of their brand new shirts, and it appeared to be like they were indicating a new wrestler because they released a, sh- a shirt for someone called RDV. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I don't know anyone called RDV on the roster. Um, I think what happened was that RVD was uh, making his own shirt at the print shop, and he was just a little too high to get the wording right. I mean, here's the thing that kills me. With all the the mistakes this company makes, did that not make them look like total ass clowns? Wait, I'm RDV. What are you talking about? There you go. I'm the real damn violence. Right. Eh, I wouldn't work for TNA anyway. Thanks for that, Sean. Uh, you know, I, it just kills me. You, you can't even get a three-lettered initial for one of your superstars right. Wow. And then you, but like, you guys think, hey, how did this go for everyone in the company to get on Facebook? Because this was their original Facebook page. So it must have gone through quite a few offices to get on Facebook. Like, how long did it take them to go, just go, oh, crap, we fucked that up? Like... Once again, that's just another error within TNA. And don't they have a pay-per-view coming up this Sunday? They do, they do. They have a pay-per-view this Sunday. Speaking of which, uh, Sunday Night Showdown will return to the airwaves this Sunday night to cover TNA Lockdown uh, live right here at www.sundaynightshowdown.com. I am still protesting. I am still boycotting total nonstop action, TNA, whatever you want to call it. I am not watching the show. I will not be on Sunday Night Showdown. 
I have passed the reins and the producing over to Internet Dave, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, and uh, the Trey Dog. They will be running the show from Casa de la Shark. So kudos to them. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Maybe I'll be in chat to check out what's going on. Maybe I won't. But regardless, definitely uh, stop by this website at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time to find out what's going on in TNA Wrestling this Sunday night. You know, they're selling, TNA is now offering uh, 50% off all uh, lockdown tickets for their pay-per-view. So, so I'm looking over the card, Kurt Angle went with a Jeff Jarrett, two out of three fours. Now, when do you ever see a two out of three fours match in TNA not go to the last four? Well, the you, first you, you, don't, you don't ever have a two out of three falls and have someone win two falls. That's fucking ridiculous. Right, because the first one's pinfall, which I'm guessing Jarrett will win. Submission, Angle will win. And then Angle will probably escape the cage, allowing Angle to go on to the main event. You, you know what? This card doesn't look too bad. I mean, according to this, they make the main event, well, this is the order of the card, but I hope that the X... The X Gate match isn't the main event. Because if so, that's fucked up. I'm hoping that Sting, RVD, and Anderson are the main event. But well, you know, I, I would think so. Yeah, they'd have to be. But you know, my my basic idea when I think of TNA wrestling, some of the things that they've done, especially the the whole T-shirt flub, stop, point, laugh. That's that's just my three-step guide for getting through TNA. Stop, point, face palm. That one too. But, like, they do have some great talent. Like, Christy, like, and when we get to redo the interview, I'll say this to her. She is one of the faces of TNA because she gets more airtime than most of the TNA talent each week. Right, but at the, at the same time, she is a backstage interviewer. Uh, you know, obviously we found out why she's not wrestling. And, you know, that's it's understandable. But, you know, I've, I have never and I never will say that TNA doesn't have some of the best talent in the world. They do. They absolutely do. Their problem is the fucking creative. When you get down to the finishes of matches or the stupid storylines or the way the company is run. I'm not blaming talent for that. Every guy and gal that fucking goes out there and performs for the masses puts their heart on the line and gives everything that they have. But at the end of the day, the office and creative fucked them over so bad. It's not even funny. So you'll never once hear me say one bad thing about the guys and gals at TNA. Right, and like, let's say, we know why Chrissy no, no, no longer wrestles, and hopefully when we redo the interview, you, you guys will hear why. But, and to be honest, it is quite a scary reason why she's no longer wrestling. So we hope to do this, hope to do that at some point next week, so we can air it next week and unplugged. But, you know, that's all my news to bits for this week. Um, next week, today, I will actually be at Fatland and Raw. So... I will be sure to call in to Wrestling News Live. And I was checking on my tickets today, and apparently I'm sat quite near the press box nice. for the Raw event. And those are the tickets that uh, that TNA gave me. Uh, sorry, that, uh, that, that THQ gave me. So I thank THQ for giving me great tickets. And today I also got my uh, barbecue sauce all the way from THQ HQ. THQ HQ. That's what I'd say 10 times over. So, so far, it's been, it's been a good week. So I'll definitely be sure to take my credit sign. I will, I will sneak in a wrestling news live TK sign as well to keep Trey happy. So let's see what let's see what, what, what we can do. Wow, how about how about a Sunday night showdown? Do you know sign. how long that, that? Do you know how long that that would actually be? 
Wow. You know, <laughs> I love that WNL gets all the love here. The last I checked, this was SundayNightShowdown.com. Okay, JD. I'm still you know, all about the U4L, baby. Do you know how many p- bit of paper it would take to do together to make a SundayNightShowdown sign? Bro, if Rigo can do it, you can do it. <laughs> and if you get kicked out, your tickets were comped anyway. Oh, no, my, bite the bullet. Bite the bullet, Curly. My tickets to Vool were, were, were giveaway, but my tickets to SmackDown, I, I'm going with Tista. I can't get, I can't get her, her kicked out of the arena. That'd be a bit harsh now. Nice. But that's all my news for today, so what's the plan now, JD? What's the plan? Well, uh, I've got something I want to talk about real quick, and then we're going to commercial break. And then we're going to come back. We're going to take phone calls. And then we're going to transition over to Sean. That's that's the plan. Yeah. Sounds good. So I, I do want to let everybody know that next week on the show, we're going to have uh, a little bit of a format change. Um, yeah, quit. For those of you that don't know, I started some very extensive dental work this week. Um, I have a dentist appointment on Saturday to, to finish doing a cleaning. On Monday, I have some fillings that are being put in. So I should be okay for Monday night. On Wednesday... I am getting either a root canal or an extraction, and this one's going to be major. And I am going to be out of it after that. So I need to find out what's going on with Andy Knowles so that we can figure out what's going on with the Pro Wrestling Rewind. I will not be producing a show on Wednesday night. I don't care who bitches, who begs me. I'm not doing a show on Wednesday night. There's no fucking way. If I can teach Andy how to run the stream, it's his. But... I am not producing a show on Wednesday night. I'm going to be in too much pain. On Friday night, I will not be hosting Unplugged next week. Uh, I am going to be producing the show, and joining me in studio will be none other than Mark the Shark DiCarlo, who will take over my hosting duties, and obviously he will be joined by Crelly and, of course, Sean and whoever else decides to join in the show. But next Friday night, I will not be Live on the show, Mark DeShark DiCarlo will be taking my place to ensure that there is still an Unplugged next week. So bear with me. I'm at the end of the tunnel after next week, and I should be okay. And everything will go back to normal the week after. But, yeah, I'm going to be in some major pain come Wednesday, and I'm totally not looking forward to this. So and should I put my vacation slip in now for next Friday, or should I wait till Thursday? If you want to take it off, go. I know I'm going to do that. As long as you teach Shark how to say my name properly and, and it's not Creeley or Quali, as, as long as he says Quelly, I'm fine. I mean, be quite fun to work with a shark for one week. Mac <laughs> so, Daddy says, Mark the Shark to Carlo talking about video games. A must listen. <laughs> I, I don't know how much he knows about it. I, I mean, he knows a little bit about the Wii because his, <laughs> his kids have a Wii, and he probably knows that there is an Xbox 360 and a PS3. But for all I know, Mark the Shark DiCarlo might still think that Atari's running rampant. So that might be fun. <laughs> oh, my. This is going to be a great week. It's going it's, it's to be awesome. Next, yeah. next week, look forward as Mark the Shark gives a uh, breakdown of the, the, the Play and Watch console that was released like 1983 here on Unplugged. <sighs> you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Um, since Mark the Shark is taking over... I will uh, go ahead and say that uh, next week I'll have a official review for Portal 2. Uh, just throwing it out there now. I'll talk about it again in a few minutes. Yeah, make sure you specify that it's Portal 2 and not Porthole 2. He might think it's a Sailor's game. <laughs> oh, my. 
But on that note, guys, we're going to take our commercial break of the night, come back, and uh, get your phone calls and what you guys thought about SmackDown or any other wrestling-related topics before we transition into video gaming. So with that said, you're listening to Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back right after this. Amigos, ¿qué pasa? My name is Armando Alejandro Estrada. And you're listening to the SNS Radio Network. Ha <laughs> ha. Voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Epigraph follows on history. Darth Vader versus Adolf Hitler. I am Adolf Hitler, command of the Third Reich. Little known fact, also two points of mic. You are Vader, with your little boots and cane, and helmet to cover up that bird-ass face. You have the force to move objects. I am a force truly evil, even went back in time and turned you back as a prequel. Cause look at you, you're not even a real person. I prefer you with space balls, the Rick Moranis version. You can't rhyme against the dark side of the force, why even bother? So many dudes been with your mom, who even knows if I'm your father. You're a pissed off little prick, with a Napoleon dick. You call it a mustache, I call that dirty Sanchez on your lip, you bitch. Let me remind you who you're messing with. Everything that you did, I'm the motherfucker who invented it. I'm the original Dark Lord. You're like 
the sorcerer's apprentice. My soul troopers make yours look like someone took a piece of shit and cloned it. You stink, Vader. Your star smells something sour. You need to buy up, dog. Here, step in my shower. I'll turn all your friends against you. Just my speech is breed haters. But your lightsaber versus a clan of all your white neighbors. Suck my robot ball. Now take a step back and let me freeze yours off. A little carbonite back for your group stepping ass. We'll call my homeboy in Israel. See who got the last laugh. Who won? Who's next? You decide. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to show you how being a Wrestling News Live family member and diehard listener can change your everyday look on life. Example, here's the brand new commercial from Subway. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me a melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Uh, I don't think this is working out. Now let's replay that commercial and show you what Todd would have said to her had he been a member of the Wrestling News Live family. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me a melt. M my melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Shit, bitch. Who the hell you think you are? Give me my sandwich back. Bitch, please. Better be willing to give me some of that pussy before you get some of my sandwich. Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of how becoming a member of the Wrestling News Live family helps you live a better life. It's the one night a year. Rules are meant to be. Extreme. WWE Extreme Rules. Countouts. Keep counting. Disqualifications. Not even if you beg. All the stars will be there, and anything goes. Tickets are on sale now. WWE, the best value in entertainment. On April 17th, it's TNA Wrestling's most brutal pay-per-view of all time, Lockdown. Lockdown. Where heated blood feuds and championships are all settled inside the steel cage. See Jeff Hardy, Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, Mr. Anderson, Hulk Hogan, and all your favorite superstars when TNA presents Lockdown. Live April 17th from the U.S. Bank Arena. Tickets are on sale now at the U.S. Bank Arena box office and Ticketmaster.com. Christopher Daniels and the gospel according to the fallen angels says that you are listening to the SNS radio network. All right, guys, we're back right here on Unplugged on the SNS radio network. I am, of course, JJ, all caps, sexy, still on the air. No internet problems, even though the storm is coming my way. I got nothing but snow for the weekend. Really sucks in April that there's still snow on the ground, even though it was melting last week, and then all of a sudden this week we get more snow. Major crap. I, it's the one thing I hate about Calgary is that there's really only two seasons. You have winter, and then you might have, you might have one month of maybe summer. 
and that usually happens in maybe June or July. And then after that, it's, it's back to winter. So very interesting place in the world to live in Canada. Damn, do I ever miss back home in the good old south where if you get an inch of snow on the ground, everything is shut down here. We just call that Monday, and it's not a big deal. And I definitely miss those hot-ass summers. So that being said, I do believe joining me on the phone lines, we have uh, headlocks to headlines at Chris Kelly. We call him Crelly. And the sensational Sean, I believe, is still with us. Guys, yo, yo, yo. You say that you say that if you get that you get into snow and that everything was shut down here in England. If we get half half an inch of snow, we can't fly, we can't drive. The schools shut down. That's how much here in England we are unprepared. Like last time there was snow here, like everything was shut down because we didn't have enough salt, and then we hit, we had to go ask Spain for salt so we could grit our roads. <laughs> ask Spain for salt. That's kind of. It's kind of weird. <clears throat> I tell you, man, it's just it's very surreal living here. I mean, if you want the weather to change, wait five minutes, and it'll it'll be different. One minute it could be hot and sunny, and the next minute it, it could be below freezing. It just it happens. I've lived in a lot of places like Montana and you know Colorado, and I never felt like I lived in a place where there was just so much snow. And there was a lot of snow in Montana and Colorado, but completely different. Not a fan. I also want to cut one thing, okay? Everyone in the world thinks seeing that the British care about the royal wedding on Friday night. No one gives a flying shit about the the, the royal wedding here in England. Well, you, mean, we, you, you don't give a fuck about Wheels and Kate getting married. No, we don't. What, what kind For of Englishman are you, Crelly? Fucking hell! Well, it, Get out of the sitting room and go 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 to the wedding of Wheels and Kate. What the fuck's wrong with you? You're not a patriot. You fucking you know, the queens probably asshole. listen to this and they're saying. We're, we're having our first beheading in almost 100 years. Go find oh, it. Oh, we're going to Like, literally, like, everyone in the world thinks that, that we're going back to credit. We're not. It just means that we get a Friday off school in college, which is fantastic, because who'd, it's just great not having to wake up at 6 a.m. to go to college. So I think there should be more of a wedding just because I get more day off college. Bro, you know what? It's a big thing here in Canada. You know why? Because, you know, obviously they the, the whole crown thing, you know, this was a British colony for a while. And so, you know, uh, the whole British rules still applies here. And, of course, so everybody's like, oh, the wedding of Will and Kate. Oh, my goodness. You know, like, here's a question I have for you. How much has the royal family diminished over the years? I mean, like, are they still a big deal? Like, I know at one point in time the royal family was like the end-all, be-all. Are they still uh, that way? I mean, is it is it the same or is it different these days? I don't think we really care about the royal family. Like we know that the queen just runs the country, but it's not like a few. Like it did happen like ten years ago when when Princess Diana was alive. People might get a flying ship, but nowadays, because it's like nowadays we we just don't care about the royal family because did you know in theory they're German? We we're being running by German. Uh, we're being ran by Germans. So the queen is, is German. I want to make sure that that I heard this correctly. Did you just say cunt <laughs> on this show? No, the Queen is German. No, oh. I, I didn't hear. You said cunt. I didn't say cunt. You did. No, that's no, it. I didn't say. It. I didn't say. It. <laughs> all right, all right. On that note, hold on a second. Let's go to the phone lines. Welcome to uh, welcome to Unplugged. Who's Wait this? My mouth. Crowley, I want to hear you sing "Candle in the Wind." <laughs> no. Next <laughs> caller. Why not? <laughs> Why won't you sing it? You don't seem oh. very patriotic tonight, little shit turd. <laughs> Shit, dude. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Are you trying to say all these four-letter words on the air, trying to be a big tough guy in your sitting room, and now you won't even sing Candle in the Wind? A, I didn't swear in the first place. B, I don't know the, the lyrics to Candle in the You wind. called the Queen a cunt. I didn't call the Queen a She's joking. Everybody here heard it. Look, go Everybody back and listen to the archive. I, I did not say that word, okay? That word is disgusting. I did not say that word live on the air. I, I just heard, I heard him call the Queen a crowd. That's all I heard. I heard it. When I go back and edit this show, I guarantee you there will be footage of you saying cunt. Okay, well, oh no. I, I said it the second time because you asked me, but no, I didn't say it the first time. I, I in, a country, I in a country that will allow you to have a room in your house called the fucking sitting room, and you're going to be very anti-British and anti-English or whatever the fuck you are, and not even sing Canada in the Wind to your own queen that you call the cunt. I <laughs> cool with that. I didn't say that. Oh, I mean, we got I, people in the United States dying to go to that wedding. And you, you're right there in the heart of things, and you're not even going to go? Ashley said, Ashley said it was right. I said country. I said no one in this country cares. That's what, what I said. You, you said you said oh. the cunt's in a tree? What? I said country. Oh, okay. I think I'm calling yeah. bullshit shenanigans on this one. What, are you afraid that the, the bobbies are going to come to your house and take you to Parliament and the Queen's going to behead you? You guys have a twisted vision of the English. Like, we don't walk outside. We don't keep our hats to the police. Like, if they're called no. bobbies, aren't they? No, we, no one calls them the bobbies. Dude, this isn't the, the fucking 1980s. We don't call them bobbies. We call them the police or the pigs or, or the flying bacon. We do not call them the bobbies. You call the them 1980s? flying bacon? Yeah, you call bacon. them flying bacon? Flying wow. bacon, yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, I, I've watched enough Jason Statham movies to know how it works in England. No, you... I, like, okay, all the movies, they are just so, like, they basically make us look like retards, which, okay, we, pro- we probably are, but but not to that degree. Are you saying movies- Guy Ritchie doesn't portray you guys right? Yes, like, like, if you look at every single, basically, British performance, they always over-stereotypatize uh, uh, the English. For example, look at Layla, her accent, for her being English, that is, like, over-the-top English. No one speaks that English, ever. Every role you've ever seen in a film portraying an Englishman is over the top. I'm not so sure about that. I'm English. I should know. One of the guys I, I went to school with was, Eng- was a foreign trade, foreign trade student, or whatever the, what we called him back then. And he was British. I mean, he was full-blown British. And he used to do a lot of the crap that I would see in Jason Statham movies. And pretty much any movie that I, I did see, he would act like that. And I was kind of like, okay, so- this is... What do you think the bog standard British guy does then? Because I, I, I want to know this because you guys seem to think that we go outside, tip our, hat, tip our hats to the bloody bobbies, and then go walk our, walk our corgis and talk like Wade Barrett. I have no clue what a corgi is, number one. Actually, what I'm thinking of you people, the only thing I'm thinking of is Elton John. Well, we're all gay and play the piano. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Damn! You said it. <laughs> do you guys actually have tea time? Tea time, um, to a degree, yeah. Sometimes you you go, yeah, it's tea time, but that's no bullshit, motherfucker. You either have it or you don't. You don't have it to a degree. You just you just fucking have it or you don't. It depends because you can have tea time as in drinking a cup of tea, or you can have tea time for dinner. It depends. So you can have it twice a day. Yes, you can. Tea time can be a cup of tea or 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 eating dinner, which is which is also. Do you really eat something? Do you really eat something called crumpets with your tea? Uh, only if you're posh, you eat uh, crumpet and scones with tea, yes. Okay. In the sitting room? No, usually that would be in the dining room, usually. Oh, okay. You have a dining room, okay. Good. Yes. 
What do you call the bedroom? The fucking room? No, it's called the bedroom. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, the rest. No, that's that, that's the toilet. The restroom's the toilet. The lavatory. The Louvre. The Louvre. The lavatory. Yes, the the lavatory. Yes. The now, how can you have a place called the Louvre that has paintings and you call the toilet room the Louvre? Isn't that kind of double standard? <laughs> no, I think it's saying the artwork is a pile of shit. Okay, I'm just trying to get all that figured out. Well, I'm glad to, I'm glad that I could help you break down the usual British uh, stereotypical. British culture here, here on, on here on Unplugged. Okay. So you're telling us, you're telling us that in our movies here in America, that you guys are over overplayed and actually nothing like what the, the artists actually portray you to be. So you're either Jason Statham or you're Elton John. So what you're saying is you're kind of in between. Yeah. Yes. We're not. You might not suck as much dick, but you don't play as much piano either. Is that what you're trying to tell us? Yeah, there's, there's go for that because last time I said something about that, I got hate mail from the Irish, so I'm just... <laughs> Wait, so you're Liberace? Probably. Go go for it. I mean, I just don't want to upset anyone. I've done, I've done that before. Wait, we just all heard that, right? Curly just called himself Liberace. Okay, so make sure. I now feel all like... Right, just making, I was just making sure I was getting all this straight. I now feel like I should be running around my city and chasing the cat. <laughs> Maybe you what should. did you just do to the cat? <laughs> right now, I'm I'm now chasing around the cinema. You're chasing your cat around the cinema. Yeah. What's the cat's name? Well, I, I got I got four of them. It, I, I got Ginger. Uh, we got PJ. We got uh, Junior, and we've got Penny. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 well, it's worth it because I do have four horses as well. Well, I mean, it's, it's sad that, you know, at you know my time, when it's 10 to 11, you're chasing pussy around the center room. Oh, this is killing me. This is this is awesome, man. I, You know what? I've always wondered how it was in, in, in Britain, and, and you're actually... My question is, my question is, what does he do with the pussy once he, once he gets it? Well, because, because of the can, it's usually being sick when I'm chasing it, I throw it out the window. So, when well, you probably get a piece of ass instead of doing something, you throw it out the window? What? Yeah, because... Okay, unlike the Americans, we're not into bestiality. Be, we don't shack animals. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm sorry. I got no, wait, wait, wait a damn minute. <laughs> the last I checked, that was the Scottish. Well, will, that would be the world. Sheep I dragon. put the sheep down. It's time to eat, boy. Come on now. JJ, JJ, you just offended all your Scottish listeners by confusing them with the Welsh. See, I don't know these things. Once you get a piece of ash, you don't have the window. I, see, I don't know these things, Curly. That's why you're here. I need, I need to be educated. I need you to tell me how things really are so that I don't offend people in the future. Well, if you guys ever come, come over to England, be sure to hit me up, hit me up and I'll take a guide out for a night and you can get absolutely wasted and find some British women. I mean, not you, JD, because you got a wife called Harmony, but Trey, you, you can come out and we'll find you a bit, a bit of tail. I tell you what, man, I, I, I would still come anyway just so I could go get pissed. I have a problem with the idea of you finding me a bit of tail, period. Well, well uh, Trey, over here, it's a bit different because depending on where you live, like, if, okay, this might offend some people, but if you go to Essex, Essex... You can sleep with anyone. Women there only keep wear uh, knickers to keep the ankles warm. So it, 
He's one of girls, he's good at Essex. Oh! 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 You're not gonna get it. Hey, so what happened? It, 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 hold on, hold on a sec. Is it true? And I, I've heard this. I actually, uh, my old father-in-law from my from my first marriage um, right. used to tell me about how some of the British women are very promiscuous over there. That they would be in alleyways, doing it in alleyways with like fucking phone books to hold the chicks up against the wall. It depends. Like I say, go good at ethic. I mean, it's good at wow. okay. <laughs> If if you're American, okay, and you and you come down south to England, you can guarantee you'll get some women because the women love the accent of Americans. I don't know why, but as long as you have an accent, they will happily take you to bedroom. Well, hell, Pilgrim, JJ, and I just go down there and score right and left with your women. Pretty Pretty much. Much. I, mean, I will happily show you around Portsmouth and uh, Bainstoke, and you can get as much tail as you want. Here's the thing. I'm actually getting a question in the chat room, Curly. Bronx wants to know, is prostitution legal in Britain? Um, no. It's just frowned upon. It is frowned upon. It's not illegal. Like You won't go to jail, but you can't get told off. I mean, it, it's, not, it's, it's not illegal to... Okay, you can have an escort, which is basically an upper... Did you, say, did you just say I get pulled off? Uh, you can, get, you, you can have, have an escort. Which is basically an upper class prostitute, and that's fine. Go okay. But having a prostitute per se, what's not illegal, it is frowned upon. Right. Well, fuck them. So yeah. Do you have anything wrestling related to talk about today? <laughs> Actually, I, I I did, but I was kind of thrown off by you chasing pussy around your sitting room. Jesus Christ. Which you understand would be a distracting, which would be a distracting topic of conversation for anybody. Okay, remind me in the future, okay? Just do my segment and then just mute my microphone because <laughs> if this happens again. You know what's happening? Not regarding... Is that, trying, is that what you're trying to say? Not regarding the British lifestyle and you thinking that we all like bobbies and... Hey, all I have to do is fucking sing Kona on the way, karaoke boy. Look, look. A, I don't do that on Unplugged. On Unplugged, I'm serious. I that's for Wrestling News Live. B, I don't know the words for the damn song. So, How can you be from there and not know the words? I bet you be, like, grinding in your DNA. Well, the British aren't usual singers. We, we don't usually go... Like, we, we're not well, all like Mary right. Poppins. We're not all like Mary Poppins. We, we, we don't just walk around with, like, a fucking umbrella out, flying around, singing songs. You know what's funny, though, is when I think of you, I don't think of Mary Poppins. That's Actually, Curly, when I think of you, I think of a swim a, a, a chimney sweep. <laughs> When I'm sweeping, Jim, please. Sweep. No, I, I mean, I'm not that sweet. Hey, I can't fit up a chimney. I'm sorry about that, JJ. That's all right. You know what? If we're going to have a segment every week from now on, be like, I'm a Robin Leach, and welcome to Lifestyles, the rich and famous, the British edition. Today, we've got Chris Kelly of HeadlocksToHeadlines.com on this program. Kelly, tell us, how is it living large in England? Well, you know, right now, it is at the five in the morning. It's actually not not too cold for once. I mean, here it it's it's actually zero degrees. So so for you, JJ, that'd be warm. But I will give you a random fact. Back in the day, they used to use swans to clean chimneys. Bloody hell! I didn't know they used swans. Yes, because when because when you drop the swan down the chimney, it, it of course opens its wings, and when it opens its wings, it cleans off the chimney as it falls down. Well, that's pretty rude to the swan. <clears throat> That's interesting. So that's, so that's your random fact. Okay, each week I, I will bring one random British fact to the show. Okay, wait. Anyway, what I actually called to talk about 
was uh, the edge stuff on SmackDown. I thought that was great. Me too. I thought that was well, well done. And I mean to tell you, I, I'll, I'll admit it, I don't care. There were times where I was emotional watching that. I think it's just knowing that he unfortunately has to step away at a time where he really doesn't want to. And, you know, you think about it, he really has been one of the better heels in this business for a long time now. I mean, he really has been the guy that really you, you grew to hate since he came back from his first initial neck surgery. And WWE's going to miss Edge. I'll guarantee it. You'll think that they will. They will, I promise you. And uh, I just hope that they find a role for him on camera so that they can keep him within the company and keep him on TV because he's too young and too talented to let just walk away. I think you know, the saddest part of the promo was the, the bit that they didn't actually air, the bit when, like, uh, Chavo came down and the bit when when um, when uh, when Hunter came down with the whole locker room on the engine van. Right. That bit got to me. That bit, I was like, damn, it's over. We literally will not see him yeah. again in wrestling for at least a few months. It's like, wow, he's gone. It's sad. And I'm quite surprised that, that they didn't air that more widespread. It seemed to be on selective te- like channels that they got to air the 15-minute promo after, after the main event. You know what, though? I, I think that, in all honesty, I don't know what the plan is going forth. I would have to believe that they're possibly putting the belt on Del Rio. I know that a lot of Edge's fans are going to be positioning themselves behind Christian right now. If Christian wasn't over as it already is, like he's, he's over like Rover now. So I don't know what the direction is, if they're going to put the belt on Christian, if they want to go with Del Rio. If they do go with Christian, I'm hoping that um, at Extreme Rules, he presents the belt to whoever wins the match. And if it's Christian, then you're going to have a WrestleMania kind of moment with the two of them in the ring embracing uh, World Heavyweight Championship put on, on uh, Christian's shoulder. And I think that that would be a huge moment for both Edge and Christian, considering their history and where they both come from. And uh, well, how many months away? How many months away are we from like one of the big ones, like Survivor Series? Uh, SummerSlam is SummerSlam's in August. Okay, I would almost say let's put it off till then and let let let, let Del Rio go over at the next pay per view and have Christian Chase and just give him the year or the half of the year that they gave to Jeff Hardy when it made Jeff Hardy the ultimate superstar of WWE when he was chasing that title and he was coming up just inches close from getting that belt every time and somehow in a different way every time he was getting screwed out of the title. You know, make him chase it till you know, SummerSlam and then bring Edge out to present him the belt once he finally does win. I think that'd be huge. I think so too. Edge is going to be back on TV within like six months because he's got to promote his, his WWE films, that movie that he's been recording. So why not have Edge present the belt to him when he comes back and, and, uh, and comes to promote the DVD? That would be a way to get back on TV and to get Christian you know, with the belt. There's something I've been thinking about, and I've been talking to a few people about it, and it actually popped a little sense in my head. Um, we've got the anonymous GM, which we all want to go away. Um, it, it hit me... I like the Edge who has the beard. I like the the man from the mountain Edge who has his long beard, scraggly beard. He looks a little crazy when he has that. And I kind of wish that come six months, come five months, when he when he can grow that thing out really long, I'd love to see him come back, give the belt to Christian if it doesn't happen at Extreme Rules. But I'd also like to see them, him come out and say, you know something, Michael? I'm the one you've been receiving those emails from, and guess what? You're fired. Get out of my place. And I love to see him say, "I'm the anonymous GM. Let me hear what you got to say." Well, you know, I mean that that's all that's all fun and dandy. 
I think you're talking about playoff edge, hockey playoff edge. Yes. But uh, considering the rich history he's had with the uh, with the GM in the past, I don't think that's going to happen. You're giving me those crazy eyes. Yeah, when he had that I, breakdown. Um, so hang on a sec, guys. We're going to go to the phone lines real quick. Uh, we've got a call coming in. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Hey, guys. It's L Train. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, not much. Uh, well, I'm trying to recover. I'm uh, proud to be calling in after the uh, amazing British Insight with Crowley segment. Um, well, uh, I'm calling in uh, even though I haven't uh, <laughs> seen all of SmackDown yet. Um, but I actually was curious about something. Uh, I'm, obviously, they're going to be having uh, Del Rio competed at Extreme Rules and, uh, for the title. And, uh, obviously, I, I don't know. I don't know what exactly has happened yet. But I'm curious, is it a bit too early still to see Del Rio with the belt? I mean, I've been thinking about it this week, and it, it kind of reminds me with as as quickly as they have pushed him in the main event spot. It's reminding me a bit of uh, when uh, uh, when uh, Brock Lesnar was there, like you know, like in just the first few months that he was in the uh, in the WWE. You know, he won the big title from The Rock, and it's it's kind of. Uh, uh, making me think a bit that, you know, is, it, is this too soon, too quickly for Del Rio? I mean, in my opinion, he has really asserted himself amazingly as being a top heel. Um, but I'm curious if it is still a bit too soon to have it on him at this point in time. I thought it would have been too soon for him to win it at WrestleMania. I mean, but obviously we obviously we know now uh, with Edge retiring that that was, that was probably one of the main reasons why he didn't win it. But I'm, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just wondering, is it too soon if he wins it at Extreme Rules? You know, um, I think that that might be the direction they're going in. I mean, granted, I think everybody's going to get behind Christian. And as Trey said, maybe it's a better idea for Christian to chase the championship uh, from Del Rio for a while, whether it's, you know, whether he goes all the way to Mania or Survivor Series or even SummerSlam before he gets it. I, I really think that, yeah, Del Rio is going to end up the champ. I, I really do. I think the original plan might have been for him to get at WrestleMania. Um, but I, I have no doubt that this guy is so talented. He's so over. Uh, I think he's a great heel, and a lot of people will say he's been he's been like pushed down our throats. But when you look at what he he brings to the table in in promos, in his body language, in his entering work, I think he's ready, and I think we're going to see that happen sooner than later. Right. Well, well, I can't see that, especially with what you said with his uh, promos. Like when he was when he was competing uh, uh, down in Mexico when he would uh, when he. Back when he was wearing a mask, I remember hearing that he had to kind of adjust a bit to, you know, getting getting mannerisms down as far as uh, promos because, you know, underneath a mask, you know, you, that's not something I don't think you really have to worry about that much. But with that kind of adjustment, he's he's really done it well. And like I said, he really plays a top uh, heel amazingly. I'm just I am I am curious if Christian will win it at uh, Extreme Rules. It, uh, I, I guess I guess that's, that's kind of two things I'm wondering: is, Del, is it too super Del Rio, and are they ever going to put the put the strap on Christian? And it actually is two things I'm looking forward to finding out. You know, I would love to see Christian get it, but I don't think I don't think that McMahon is is behind Christian. I mean, right, exactly. If if ever there was a telling sign that he wasn't behind him, would be what five six years ago when they had that promo where they're standing in the ring together at Madison Square Garden when Christian's over like Rover talking to the peeps. And McMahon looks at him and looks at the crowd and is like, wow, can't believe this guy's over. And then the next week he's sent to SmackDown, they kill his career. And then he effectively left and went to TNA. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know that they're willing to give him the push. I'd love to see it. I don't know what the knock is against Christian. I think he's one of the greatest talent. 
that'll be unique to see. Uh, you know, I think that's uh, basically I called in to talk about tonight. Uh, I'll speak to you guys next week. And as far as uh, heading into the gaming segment soon, uh, I know uh, uh, Sean said he's going to have a review of Portal 2 next week, and I look forward to hearing about it because I'm definitely grabbing that when it comes out. No doubt. It's going to be a great game, dude. Thanks for the call, Lloyd. All right, peace. All right, all right. So uh, let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. I'll take a few more calls before we uh, we transition into the gaming because I have literally got to be out of here tonight, right at twelve uh, thirty. I got to go pick up the misses from work. So well, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and bail out of here and just listen. But I want to chime in on the edge situation, so we'll talk more about it throughout the week. All right, man. Sounds good. Later on. I'll talk to you Monday, bro. All right, man. All right, and uh, for those of you that might just be tuning in, uh, that was the Trey Dog, and we will actually be having uh, a live interview, I believe, with uh, Supernex Her- Supermex Hernandez uh, on the show Monday night for Wrestling News Live. So, uh, so stay tuned to the network for that. So, I do it live because they, they are taping on, on Monday. Who's taping G- what Monday? TNA are taping on Monday. Well, to my knowledge, it's a live interview. So, unless because something they, changes that I don't know anything about, then we'll see what happens. But because they tape Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Well. I don't know, man. That's what I was told. We're having one on Monday. I've heard nothing about pre-taping, so if it happens, I don't know. Okay. We'll see. Just saying, because isn't it? Because they've got the pay-per-view this Sunday, and they usually tape four weeks over TV over three days. Well, then I guess we'll see what happens, but I know he's, he's booked, so that's all I can tell you. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Get ready to bow your heads and put a dollar in the collection plate, because the Pope is in the house. What's on your mind, Pope? Uh, not much, man. I just wanted to call in, you know, get my thoughts on this, the Edge retirement and, you know, Christian getting this main event. Now, I know that Edge and Christian were friends. They were tag team champions. God knows how many times. But here's what I'm thinking. Is it possible that Christian's only getting the world title shot because he's getting that sympathy push from Edge retiring to retire? Um. That could be part of it, but, you know, again, I think Christian's very deserving. You look at uh, even before Edge had to retire, Christian was getting wins over Alberto Del Rio, who's the number one contender. So, you know, I think he's deserving to be there. Uh, he's obviously he's obviously the probably the uh, the top face on SmackDown now that Edge is gone. So I, I think he deserves to be in that spot. So we saw this once before because when Eddie Guerrero passed away, we saw Rey Mysterio get an automatic sympathy push to the World Heavyweight Championship, and I didn't think that was right. And now I don't think this is right because that doesn't make this does not make sense to me. I mean, yeah, Christian's been a good talent, but Vinnie Mac has never been behind Christian to be World Champion for some reason. I don't know if it's because he's got that TNA low label on him for turning on WWE, going to TNA. But there's nothing wrong why Vince doesn't trust Christian as the World Champion. And all of a sudden, he gets a world championship shot. Uh, you, can, you can't tell me there aren't other stars on SmackDown that didn't deserve a world heavyweight championship more than Christian did. Well, you know, I didn't get the, hold on one second. Before, before we all jump in this, Curly, I'm sorry to take this from you. Um, I believe Rey Mysterio got the push because he became WWE's top Hispanic star. I mean, at the time, I don't believe there was another Hispanic star on the, on the roster other than Chavo Guerrero. Who should have gotten the push. If you're gonna give, have. if you're gonna give anybody the push from Eddie's death, it should have been Chavo because he's family. But because Chavo isn't Rey Mysterio and isn't as over as Rey Mysterio, they gave it to Mysterio instead. That sickened me. You know, I, I mean, I was not a big fan of that push. I was not happy when Rey Mysterio became the world champion. You know, it went from being the world heavyweight championship to the world championship. Right. 
And it was just one of those things that kind of made everybody take a look like, why is he getting this? And a lot of people stood up and realized it's because of Eddie. I think for the reason that Christian's getting the title shot is because of Edge's retirement. But Christian has also paid his dues. As long as he was with the company and then went to TNA and then how long he's been back, I think he deserves his shot at the title. I think he's finally deserved it after all the time that he spent running after that title, holding the lower titles, trying to get his way back up. And all the things he's done for the company since he's been back, I think it's finally time he deserves the title. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't get a, I don't really get a turn that he turns back on WWE. He's the only guy ever to let his contract run out, then go to TNA, then let that contract run out, and then go back to WWE. He never quit a company. He never got released. Both times his contract ran out, and he earned his spot because you know, he basically held the ECW brand for a year. So I think he's earned his spot. And so what? He went to TNA. So what? I mean, well, you know, at the end of the day, when he left to go to TNA, he needed a change because he obviously wasn't getting over in the WWE. Or, I mean, he was, but on that SmackDown brand, he was struggling because they took him away from Raw and they, you know, pretty much gave him shit to work with. Now, he goes to TNA, he reinvents himself, becomes a main event guy for TNA, and completely changed everything that he did. When he came back from the WWE, he was not the same Christian that worked for the company. He had evolved more. Uh, his promos were better. His in-ring work, dare I say, was better. So I think it was a, a growth experience for him. He came back. He's much more stable in the ring. I think his promos have gotten so much better. And, again, I don't know what the knock is on Christian, but I think he could be a, a major world champion for the company. Well, the WWE, WWE is on this youth movement. There's three young stars on SmackDown right now. They could have been filled, filled that spot a lot better than Christian could. If everybody wants to can really continue the youth move, and you've got the undashing Cody Rose, who's pretty much becoming one of, one of, if not the top heel on SmackDown right now, probably underneath Alberto Del Rio. Then you've got Drew McIntyre, who's been lost in the shuffle for so long that you don't, you don't know if he's going to make it past the next cut. Then you've got Big Ezekiel Jackson. You see how Big Show just suddenly bitched uh, him out of that battle royal this past, this week. If you put you can put some energy into Ezekiel Jackson, Ezekiel Jackson could be a big player. Well, okay, you make a good point with those three stars. The problem is, the point you're making, they're all heel wrestlers, and Alberto Del Rio is heel. You can't have a double heel match for a championship. It's got to be heel face. And... Again, I like Drew McIntyre. I think he could be utilized as a face. I think he'd be utilized as a heel. You know, right now, he's pretty much jobbing to everybody, putting people over. You've got Zeke tied up in this whole Corey angle where, you know, it looks like now they're maybe wanting to break them up. I don't know that I'd want to see Zeke as a baby face. And, you know, I, I just, right now, I just don't think that's going to work. With Cody Rhodes, I see what you're saying. I think in the future, Cody Rhodes could be a viable guy to move up to that main event level but i think right now he's not ready for that push right now he's still dusting things off with mysterio and once he gets past mysterio maybe there might be something for him on that main event scene but right now i think cody should stay in the mid card work with guys like ray and possibly get an intercontinental championship before he's going to move on I, I don't feel that i don't feel that cody's style is up to the par that it would be for the main event i think he's still his style and his the way he carries himself in the ring is still that mid-card. And it, until he gets that one feud that would kick him straight into the main event, he's going to stick there because his style really is 
Um, not that good from what I've seen. I mean, I've watched them for a while, and I've, I've, I'm a huge fan of the Rhodes family. Dustin Rhodes, really great guy to talk to. Dusty, one of the greatest, if not one of the best uh, brawlers out there. And, I mean, when you look at Cody, what does he got? He's got the name. That's all he's really got. And I really wish that Cody would kind of get out of the shape he's in, get out of the shadows, and kind of show off a little bit, show that he's got what it takes to be a uh, what is that call a star, whatever they're calling their people now, superstars, whatever. Entertainers, but I mean, entertainers. They entertainers. Sorry, yeah. I really wish that Cody would kind of push himself out of the shadows and say, you know what, I'm here. This is what I'm going to do, and just go bash my skull in. I mean, I really wish he would just do that. See, that's an idea I have for Cody Rhodes. Keep this undashing gimmick going around. And then he eventually had him go on saying, if I'm going to be ugly, the whole world is going to be ugly. To have him going around, go around, and try to disfigure people every week in some different way. Then eventually he turns his attention to the world champion. And he can t- target them like, I'm going to destroy the biggest dog in the yard. I'm going to disfigure the world heavyweight champ. Have a match. Cody doesn't have to win. But if Cody does win that and wins the world heavyweight championship, he can come out on the next SmackDown or whatever and say, I'm finally dashing again. I'm the world champion. The world champion is instantly dashing. And that's how you can turn Cody Rhodes back into dashing Cody Rhodes. Or you can keep the undashing thing going. I don't know what they want to do, but either way, Cody Rhodes is going to be a future world champion. Maybe not in 2011, but his time is coming. I think when they do the draft, they should bring over Ted DiBiase and put him on SmackDown because Ted DiBiase could be a great face on SmackDown if they just get him out of the mid-card from Raw. Right now he's screwed. They've just broken him up with uh, with Maurice on NXT, so now he's free. Out of draft, send him over to SmackDown because I think he could be a great main event turn if he got the right push. You know, Trentavious, you bring up an interesting point. If Cody Rhodes does, in fact, at some point in his career win the World Heavyweight Championship, then he will have accomplished something that no other second generation wrestler has accomplished, and that will be for his father and a son to be the world champion in a promotion. Now, I, I don't remember if the AWA had Greg Gagne as the champion. I don't think that ever happened. But if Cody was to win, then like Dusty, he would be a world champion. Dustin Cowboy Rhodes. Cowboy Bob never world champion. Who? Cowboy Bob Ward. No, he was not. And neither, I don't think his, I don't think his father was either. I don't think uh, Orton ever held a title, did he? I, I don't know what his early stuff was. But Rock's daddy was a tag team champion. He was never world champion. Yeah. So, I mean, seriously, he would be the first. That would be a, a big statistic for him. You know, even, even the Million Dollar Man was never world champion. He paid off, didn't he? Well, it wasn't considered a title change. Technically, yeah. The title was stripped. That's right. I forgot about that. So, I mean, that would be something interesting to see if it goes that, that direction. But, you know, Sean Stasiak for a long time, uh, remember Meet from the WWE, Sean Stasiak, it was always his goal to be the first ever second-gen wrestler to become world champion, his father, you know, Stan the Man Stasiak, was champion in the uh, in, in the WWF years ago, and that was his goal. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a uh, a world champion, just like his dad. And unfortunately for him, it didn't work out, and he's now a chiropractor somewhere in Texas. Uh, so you know, Cody has a good shot. He's the only one I could think of that has that shot. Anything else, Trentavious? Yeah, I want to make a quick comment on this. You know. John Morrison and Molina thing. And I know Morrison's probably not listening to this or is going to listen to this, but I just feel compelled to say it that he needs to let Molina go because Molina's going to cost him more in the long run than she would in the short term. Molina is what Val Venus said she is. 
she's a ring slut girlfriend that he's trying to make into a wife or whatever he wants to make her into. But he's gonna cause she's gonna cause John Morrison his job. She's already cost him his push, and he lost with the R truth of all people. And if Morrison gets past this cut, I'll be surprised. If he gets cut, I won't at all be surprised because I would honestly see it coming because of Melina. I know Melina's gone, but if Morrison goes, it's going to be a real. It's going to be real sad because they're both going to wind up in TNA. Unless Morrison does something really bad, he's not getting cut. They've spent so much time and energy with him that I don't see them letting him go. I mean, he's one that they kind of consider someone who could be a possible star in the future. They're not going to let him go to TNA. They're not going to let him go, period. They might put him in the doghouse and, you know, de-push him for a while and give him the Drew McIntyre treatment where he jobs out. Molina, not a big loss to them. But uh, John Morrison, yeah, he's not going anywhere. All right, Pope, we appreciate the call, brother. All right, man. All right, Sean, with that being said, let's go ahead and transition over. We don't have a lot of time to talk uh, video gaming, but I'm going to transition over to you and uh, let you talk the news of the week or whatever it is you have in mind. Yeah, there's uh, there's a few stories that have caught my eye that I definitely think we should talk about, especially the cafe, Project Cafe, as it's being called. Um, if you haven't heard about this, here's your news now. There's a huge rumor coming out uh, from a few anonymous sources. IGN even had their sources. Project Cafe is being called the Wii 2. Um, there is the report coming out that the Wii 2 is basically in the works and will be announced before... Uh, E3 or during E3, Nintendo could have this up their sleeve if they have if they want to announce something. So E3 is definitely looking bigger and bigger every day as we get closer and closer. And they're saying that uh, the Wii 2 or Project Cafe, as I will continue to call it, will blow the 360 and the PS3 out of the water. Uh, one of the reports is even saying that the controller includes a built-in touchscreen, just a controller. You can use the, t- the controller for anything you want, but, I mean, the controller itself being a built-in touchscreen is pretty crazy. Uh, that's There's not much r- news out there about it. It's just saying that um, the French site, there's a French site that says the controller features a center set of buttons, a front-mounted camera, and even a function as a Wii sensor bar. Really? Wow. I, if this is If this is true, Project Cafe could be the next evolution. Uh, once again, for Nintendo, I mean, they stepped it up with the Wii itself, but Project Cafe could be the next step, the next evolution in gaming today. Um, another case that I know we definitely want to talk about is the uh, the Sony versus Geohot case that came out. Um, that case has come down. Uh, I don't have the report in front of me, but um, basically what came out is uh, Geohot got a slap on the wrist. They told him he's not allowed to own any uh, Sony uh, Sony peripherals, anything like that, Sony systems, anything like that, and that um, anything he does hacking-wise uh, is now uh, w- will be considered a black hat, and if he does it again, he will basically be arrested and taken to prison. Um, the only thing Geohot asked for was the ability to add the other OS system back to the um, the regular... Uh, the regular um, downloads. I, I can't remember the word slip my mind, but he wants it to be added to the other download. Um, Target is cutting the the rumor now. Another rumor now uh, going along with the Wii. The rum, rumor is Target will be cutting the Wii price to one hundred and seventy dollars on April eighteenth. So if you have a Target and you don't own a Wii, get yourself out there and check out if that's the case. There's also another rumor saying that the system will be dropping to one forty nine ninety nine on May fifteenth. 
Um, there's no telling if this is true, but if the Wii is cutting its price, this could be their step into making another uh, their next console. Um, you know, X-Bio- hang on, is it just me, or am I the only one that kind of feels like Nintendo should be focusing on a you know next-gen system like an Xbox 360 or PS3? You know, something going forward and getting away from motion control, because you know what, I've got a Wii, I've had it for about a year, I have it modded, so I have like 200 games for it, I think I've only played my Wii maybe five times in about the year and a half that I've owned it. It just sits there collecting dust. And it's not that it's a bad system. It's just I don't care for motion gaming. I don't have a Kinect. You know, when I play a video game, I want to play with a controller. Um, I don't want to, you know, be up running around and jumping and, you know, doing fucking Dance Dance Revolution and looking like an, like an idiot. Like I'm having a fucking spasm or a seizure on the fucking floor. Um, I, I just, you know, it's not what I'm into gaming for. And, and I kind of feel like, that's Nintendo's big problem, is that they're really focusing on motion gaming. And it was revolutionary for them at one point in time. And then Sony says, hey, we can do a Wii HD and we can do it better. And Sony should be absolutely ashamed of itself for completely and utterly ripping the Wii off. You know, at least Connect is a different concept. Yes, it's motion gaming, but you're not using a controller. You look at the PS3, the fucking move, and it's pretty much the same thing as a, as a Wiimote and a Wii controller. And, I mean, they did nothing but blatantly rip them off. So I think Nintendo needs to step it up and bring up something new. I hope this new system is not continuing motion control. I hope it goes back to the format. And the biggest knock I've always had on Nintendo is that every time you do a system, you bring out the same fucking games over and over and over again. Can we maybe get something new and fresh? I mean, sure, let's bring out a Mario game, but does it have to be like every Mario game before it? Sure, let's do a Zelda game, but does it have to be like every Zelda game before it? That's my big knock on Nintendo. Sorry, that's my soapbox. No, that's okay, TJ. It's always good to hear back on what the boss has to say. Um, I was with Bioware. That's what I was. Bioware, ex-Bioware employee, uh, stated on his LinkedIn profile that Jade Empire 2 was in the works in 2006 and 2007. That it was then canceled um, canceled under the, under the blanket because they didn't want to work on it anymore, and EA acquired them. Uh, basically... Jade Empire, uh, other folks still employed in Bioware were feeling optimistic about the Jade Empire release in 2009. Uh, as of 2011, there has been no response to uh, a publishing. So Jade Empire 2, we may get 2012. I mean, it could be the uh, the Duke Nukem of its time. Who knows? E3, yes, I'd already got that. Hail to the king, baby. Uh, you Did you hear the tagline they used for why they... Um, why they pushed Duke Nukem back another month or so? No. Uh, the tagline is, Duke never comes early. Ha ha, ha ha. That's, that's kind of funny. I was thinking was. more like, you know, Duke never comes. Ever. Wow, really? Come um, Ashley is my name. Just sent me a couple of stories in chat room. And thank you, Ashley. I was going to talk about this. Um, the Microsoft and Sony E3 press conferences are, have already been set. Microsoft's is June 6th at 10 a.m. And Sony... E3 conferences at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, I'm not sure what that means for Eastern Standard Time. I've kind of lost my ways with those. But uh, definitely looking forward to what Microsoft and Sony has to bring as I'm expecting Sony to announce their NGP, uh, fully announce it and bring it out and give it a name. Uh, once they do that, I will pretty much pre-order as soon as as soon as they give it to me. Um, okay, Ashley is my name. Once again, correct, correct me who I hate now. 
Um, Ashley is my name says that 1 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, respectively. Thank you, Ashley is my name. I once again hate you. Speaking of which, a- after Sean is done with the news, I want Ashley to call in. He tried to call in earlier. I couldn't get to him. I wanted to hear what his take on the uh, the whole sitting room debacle with Crelly was. So continue on, Sean. <laughs> okay. Um, I only got one or two more stories, um, especially this one. I'm not adding this to JJ, did you get a chance to watch Mortal Kombat Legacy, the first episode this week? I did not, but I did see some Shang Tsung gameplay from uh, from Mortal Kombat, and can I say Shang Tsung is a fucking beast? Well, if you get the chance, you got to watch Mortal Kombat Legacy. Mortal Kombat Legacy was the live action series that was not to be. It was the movie that they were they were trying to create, and then um, they didn't create. Um, Mortal Kombat Legacy, the first episode was absolutely awesome. Uh, Sonya getting captured by Kano and basically being tortured, and uh, Jax. And Stryker basically going in and finding her was probably one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. Uh, the second should be up, uh, I believe, uh, sometime in the next few weeks. Uh, it's going to be uh, 12 installments, I believe. I'm not entirely sure. It's been a while since I've seen the numbers. But, I mean, uh, Legacy, the first episode, was amazingly great. Um, Visceral, Studi- Visceral Montreal Studios uh, start staffing up for the new Army of Two and Dead Space franchises. Uh, so, apparently... Get this coming out basically means we're getting more games for Army of Two and another Dead Space. Uh, Dead Space Two was great game. Uh, if you haven't played it yet, go back and listen to a review. I completely make an ass of myself by calling Dead Space Two the sequel to Dead Space One. Hence, sensational sequel, which I will not discuss anymore. Um, definitely looking forward to this. If this is true, if they're saying that another Army of Two game is coming out, I'm really happy about that. Uh, it's a great game to play as a co-op. It's definitely enjoyable, so go check it out. Uh, two more stories, and I promise we'll be done. Since we just got done talking about Sony and the move, uh, numbers have finally come out. Uh, Sony has shipped 8 million move units, and they have shipped and sold 50 million PS3s worldwide. So congrats on Sony for selling them. They're still not outbeating the, uh, the Xbox 360. You know, and, and I remember back in, what, about a year or two ago when I was still listening to IGN's podcast. Because, you know what, I listen to GameScoop. It's a good podcast. I listen to, uh, I listen to oh, fuck, what's the other one? The, the, the PS3 one that they do. Anyway, they do one specifically for PlayStation. And I listen to it because I'm a fan of what they do, but I don't own a PS3. And they were so fucking just waiting for Sony to overtake the Xbox to, to beat their numbers. And, you know, then the PS Move turd happened and, you know, Microsoft started selling, you know, Xbox 360s like they're going out of style with this new design. And I just, I haven't listened to an episode since, but I just thought, eh, sucks to be you. Just saying. Yeah, IGN's always had a little bit of a high horse with Sony, but oh well. Well, Greg um, Miller is, is like the, the biggest PSN fanboy i've ever i've ever heard in my life i mean that dude is. loves the sony playstation he, he is and it's just weird and, and, um and i used to love the ps2 sorry to keep interrupting you no that's I, okay brother i loved the ps2 i played the, the 360 for the first time at a friend's house and got hooked on it and then a friend of mine got a ps3 and i played it and i was like i you know it doesn't do anything for me yeah it's just one of those things i don't know i'm just Keep my eyes on the on the prize, the, the all the games I get for this this year. The Humble Bundle has released a new a new pack. Uh, they're, they're calling it the Frozen Bite Humble Bundle. Uh, if you don't know what the Humble, Humble Bundle is, it's basically where you go pay what you want for a set of games. It's all indie games, and all of the money goes to 
the creators of the games. They go to different charities. It goes to a couple different places. I donated ten dollars. I, I basically bought a pack for ten dollars, um, and I put most of my money towards Child's Play, which is one of the great gaming charities out there. Uh, I know Control Delete and Penny Arcade. They do a lot of stuff with them. They're a great charity. Um, it also goes to the Electronic Front- Frontier Foundation, and also goes to Front Frozen Bite. Also, um, there's some great games in there. I've been playing. Uh, Shadow Ground, which is really fun so far. It's been a lot of enjoyment. So, I mean, if you get a chance, go check out the Humble Bundles. They're really great. And then one more thing, since we're still on the Japan stuff, uh, BioWare is auctioning off a lot of their stuff. Um, some of the stuff they're getting rid of is they're getting rid of, of two custom-painted PS3s signed by BioWare founders Ray Muziaka and Greg Sejuk, and they're both Dragon Age 2 custom-painted. They're also getting uh, auctioning off two Dragon Age, two custom-painted Xboxes signed by the founders, and then 10 Mass Effect full zip-up hoodies signed by the Mass Effect team, which, if you haven't had a chance, uh, go auction, go go donate uh, some money for Japan. They're still needing as much as they can get, especially with the fact their nuclear reactors are turning into a Chernobyl-type experience. So um, go, go donate. Uh, but the new Game Informers went out this week. Uh, mine came in today. It has on the cover Mass Effect's Shepard in front of a uh, planet Earth with a Reaper going towards the ground. uh, And fire has broken out all over the ground. So if you get a chance, got a great article in there. Uh, Mass Effect 3 looking amazing. Um, As I said earlier, as I said earlier, we will be having a uh, Portal 2 review next Tuesday. It's going to be great. Uh, Definitely looking forward to getting Portal 2 on Tuesday. It's going to be a very fun and enjoyable game. Well, very cool. I look forward to hearing the review. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, if you happen to have Steam and you bought what they call the Potato Sack um, this week, continue to play that as much as you can because at the longer you play that, Portal will unlock early for you. So if you get a chance, go check out the Portal Sack and try to get as much as you can. And the Gears 3 beta has opened as Concept has been spamming me and private chat the entire night. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to pre-order Gears 3 or didn't buy Bulletstorm, you're out of the beta until I guess they open it up. So, oh well. If you want to play it, go pick up one of those games. So I, I hear that uh, RDV has got some new theme music. Dun, 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 dun. <sighs> RDV! The drugs are in the van! I don't know, something like that, right? I mean, really seriously, good, who would buy a RDV shirt? I I'm just I still can't wrap my 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 head around that RDV really who was stupid enough to actually make those shirts and then post it like a dumbass somebody was high on something man I'd buy it just to say hey TNA guess what you screwed up and people wonder people wonder why people bitch about that show or that company just saying uh qu- going through this out there to anybody who's involved in the pay per view picks game I do need your picks in I haven't had a chance to look at the uh. The email so far tonight, I know I just got Crellies. A few guys have said they've got their picks in. So if you are involved in the games, uh, definitely get your picks in to me as soon as possible. Uh, Before, excuse me, not, excuse me, uh, before Saturday night. um, And I'll make sure I will push it back a little bit if we're still having a little problem getting everything into it. Um, So definitely get all your uh, picks into me. Thank you. So really quickly, we're going to go to the phone lines before we wrap things up. And I believe joining us on the phone line, we actually have a real Brit. Ashley is my name on the line. (laughs) 
Cool, blimey, Governor. What's going on here? Gosh. Uh, so we're, we're totally wrong about Jason Statham movies. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, not everybody is like that. I mean, it's, it's kind of like when uh, Dick Van Dyke did it for Mary Poppins. He uh, <laughs> hammed it up a bit too much. Okay. You know, is it just me, or every time I see Jason Statham in a movie, he plays the same character? Um, the transporter, you know, like... Even the one where they do the heist uh, in, in Britain. I can't think of the name of that movie. But, like, he literally plays oh, the, the same yeah. character in every movie. Yeah. yeah, he's always the good guy that nearly always takes his shirt off for no reason. Yeah, he always takes his shirt off. It's kind of like Ric Flair. He has an obsessive urge to just suddenly take his jacket off. He, and he always drives the car. Yeah. No matter what, he's always driving the car. He just, he, I mean, he, he, just, had a, he had a fair choice in the Italian job. There were three cars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. And, and he did have a sex scene with that chick, so there you go. In which one? Which transporter? Or didn't he have a sex scene in all of them? Uh, no, not Then in Crank, and Crank 2. Oh, yeah, and... Crank. Crank I, I watched Crank 2 the other day. That movie's fucked up. I love that movie. Crank is one and of the coolest player scenes. Do what now? He starred in the U-Way Bowl film, so his, you know, his reputation is sealed. <laughs> oh, God. He's actually in a movie that I liked back from 2001, The One, with Jet Li. Oh, oh yeah. that was an awesome movie. Do you know that Rock was actually up for that role and he turned it down? Thank God he did. I mean, could you imagine having two rocks, <laughs> two rocks on screen? You know, there wouldn't be any kung fu moves. It'd all be like rock bottoms and people's elbows. Thank God, Jet Li. Yeah. The brother would be laying a smackdown on himself. The brother smacks himself. The brother smacks himself. Oh my God. Thank you, Don King. He was a voice in Romeo and Juliet. Oh no. He didn't get a driver car in that. That actually starred Hulk Hogan, didn't it? I think so. I think as well. I think I think what was that? What was the name of that movie? They had the animated movie a couple of years ago that John Travolta. Oh, Bolt! Savage had a, had a role yeah. in Bolt. Wait, Ashley, you're wrong. Statham did get to drive a car. He drove a car while he was doing his lines. Oh, cool! Yeah, he owned he, it he, in. He, he's got to drive a car, dude. You know that? He, he had, he's got his whole studio set up in his car, and he'll just do his lines as he's driving. First, that's what I love about his first film, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He's basically beating. He's driving a beat up like Ford from like 20 years ago. And the next film he does, yeah, I'm going in a sports car, motherfuckers. No, I, you know what? He's one of my favorite actors. So I love Jason Statham. He's awesome. There was a yeah. um, there was a, a image that was released by Control Alt Delete a few years ago, right before I got into the whole Doctor Who thing, and they were they were trying to figure out who the new Doctor Who was. It was Jason Statham hanging out of the TARDIS, which is a, a police phone box, shooting his gun while it's going <laughs> like 100 miles down the road. At the police, who's behind him with this hot chick hanging out the back, and he's holding on to her. I'm kind of like, really? And then it's Nobody's like, taking my fucking TARDIS, or what? Yeah, he's like <laughs> Jason Statham. Everything's American now. No. I was like, really? I totally forgot he was in Red Faction too, and Call of Duty. Apparently, as a voiceover, he didn't get. A, well, I guess I guess that's the same as what happened with Romeo and Juliet. He was driving the car doing the voiceovers. He was probably shooting a gun at the same time with that one, since it's Call of Duty. Oh, no, his, char his character in Red Faction 2, I believe, was the driver of, like, the pilot. You know, he's the pilot go <laughs> guy, so actually he did get to drive some shit in that as well. Dear God. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my Lord. That is fucking awesome. All right, on that note, guys, we're going we're gonna to kind of wrap things up. Any final thoughts, boys? Uh, Jason Statham, always driving a car. Just like Tom Cruise is always running to get away from his gay self. Or, or jumping on couches on Oprah. or That's right. You know, doing weird fucking shit. Jason Statham, any movie he's in, he's got to have prerequisites. The shirt comes off, he drives a car, and he beats the fuck out of somebody. 
It it'd, be awkward if Shay, it'd be awkward if his next film was a remake of Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I I have I have never seen that movie. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I couldn't believe Hugo we Hugo Weaving was in that movie. I was like, "What? You're kidding me. Hugo Weaving?" Mr. Anderson, would you like to put on this bra for me? <laughs> Mr. Anderson, could you please hand me my stockings? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, but on a serious note, if you're in the pay-per-view picks, get your picks to me as soon as possible. The email is pay-per-viewunplugged at yahoo.com. Please get your picks to me. Thank you. Curly, any final words? Uh, <laughs> I'm off to go get a dove or a goose so I can check out damn chimney sweep to clean it I'm too lazy um, oh Smackdown Tuesday fun fun good night wow that's we, we have Thanks completely for driving the show down Crowley we have completely drained Crowley tonight he's well, a good course, kid what though. do you get when Trey calls in what else do you expect well you know that, that, that's, his, that, that's, that's Trey's gimmick man on any given show, you know, the one thing he has to do is destroy Crelly on the air. That's just his gimmick, man. That's what he does. But it's all good. So, Sean? Yes? Anything? Pay-per-view picks? I know you just plugged that. Anything else? Pay-per-view picks. Um, the only other thing that comes to mind is U4L. If you don't know what that means, look it up. But it means unplugged for life. And with that being said, guys, not, you, not ULF. No, not oh, ULF. No, 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 no. We we actually know how to spell on this radio network. <laughs> it's U4L, Ashley. Get it right. I'm gonna brand it in your forehead. You got me. It's U4L. So okay. with that with that said, guys, we are out of here. Don't forget next week on the show, I will be producing. Mark the Shark to Carlo will be starring and keeping things down in the host role. So with that said, I'm JJ, all caps, sexy. He's the sensational Sean. Ashley is my name, and Crelly on the line. We're out of here, guys. We'll see you next week right here on Unplugged. Good night, everybody. Peace.
Ladies and gentlemen, if I could have your attention, please. I've just been informed that JJ Sexay has left the building. <laughs>